qui dedit semetipsum pro nobis, ut nos redimeret ab omni iniquitate, et mundaret sibi populum acceptabilam, sectatorem bonorum opum, who gave himself up for us, so that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and cleanse for himself an acceptable people, the follower of good works. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The octaves are a wonderful feature of the Church's calendar. They allow us to ponder at length the inexhaustible riches of the mystery of our Lord that are set before us throughout the year, riches which we would never be able to take in in a single day. In this octave of Christmas, we've spent most of the week repeating over and over again antiphons that express the joy of the shepherds as they heard the announcement of our Lord's birth. It takes an entire week to be able to take that in. We just can't get over it. And finally today, on the octave day, the Church gives us a new office, a new set of antiphons, in which she steps back, as it were, and ponders in her heart with Mary, or in the person of Mary, everything which has taken place. The meaning, the deepest significance of these events which we have heard narrated throughout the past week. And that significance is very appropriate for what is also, by a happy and providential coincidence, the first day of the civil year. As we begin a new year, we look back on the old year, and as we look back on the old year, inevitably we see the world grown old in sin. We, are, we see ourselves grown old in sin. The year which has just passed in particular, I imagine for most of us, as we look at everything that's befallen the church, everything that's befallen the world in these times, indeed, the world has grown old in sin. And so providentially, on this first day of the new year, the church presents us with God's answer to a world grown old in sin. His answer is the admirabile commercium, the wondrous exchange, by which the Creator has taken on our human nature in order to give us in return His divinity. And He has taken on our human nature in the likeness, as the Magnificat Antiphon said last night, the likeness of sinful flesh. He has taken to Himself our condition in all things except sin, but He has willed to take upon Himself the penalty of our sins and willed to become, as St. Paul says, like His brethren in every way. Today, the Church commemorates our Lord's circumcision in which he submitted himself to the Mosaic Law, submitted himself to the conditions of the covenant made with Abraham, and thereby made himself like his brethren in every way. We celebrate the first shedding of our Lord's blood. Mother MacTill describes this as the day on which our Lord entered upon his function as the victim for sinners. From the very beginning of his life, our Lord is the victim for sinners, who has come in order that he might shed his blood for sinners, who has come in order to take on himself all of the demands of our human condition, in order to redeem us from this fallen state in which all of us came into the world. 
He has taken all of this on. He has taken on this world grown old in sin so that he can communicate to us the eternal newness, the eternal youth of his divinity. And as the church contemplates this mystery, she inevitably also contemplates the mystery of the one through whom it took place. So today's office, while it speaks primarily of the mystery of the Incarnation, for that very reason, speaks also of the mystery of Our Lady's divine maternity, because the two are inseparably bound up. And so we have the collect, which is focused entirely on the way in which God has brought about our salvation through the fruitful virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is a feast of our Lord. It's a feast of his mother. We cannot have the one without the other. It is through her, through her maternal mediation, that our Lord works this wondrous exchange, this admirabile commercium. And as he did this in his incarnation, so too he continues to do it perpetually through his church. All of the graces which he gives to us through his church to communicate to us his new and divine life come to us through her hands. And it is entirely appropriate on this day as we begin the new year, as we remember our Lord making himself the victim for sinners, as we contemplate his mother through whom he bestowed all these blessings upon us, that we renew the dedication of ourselves to him as victims in union with him through the devotional renewal of our profession. The old ceremonial of the Benedictines of Perpetual Adoration speaks of the significance of this. The renewal of vows is not a matter of pure ceremony introduced recently in religious houses by a more or less well-regulated piety. It is one of the holiest and most ancient practices that the Church knows. The Apostle St. Paul recommends to his dear disciple Timothy to stir up in yourself the grace which you've received through the imposition of hands. The faithful of the first centuries celebrated with devotion the anniversary of their baptism and the bishops that of their consecration, and they sought to reanimate in themselves the ardent zeal with which they had bowed themselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. In the renewal of our profession, we ask our Lord to stir up again in us the graces which he gave to us in our profession so that we might become ever more worthy victims united with him in his sacrifice. That we might be the acceptable people following all good works that we might enter into this new year, leaving behind the old nature, leaving behind our fallen nature grown old in sin, receiving the gift that he wants to give us of the new and eternal youthfulness of his divine life, which he gives to us through the hands of his mother. Let us open our hearts to receive all that he wants to give us in this new year, and give ourselves into his hands so that he might unite us with himself as victims offered to the Father on behalf of the world which he came to redeem.